Hi, I'm Katerina, and this is Sound Effects, a music and mental health podcast. Hi everybody, welcome back to Sound Effects. I hope you're all keeping well and Happy New Year. This episode is a short one that's about half an hour long and it's with the CEO and founder of Medimusic.co. Medimusic is an algorithm that dispenses music as medicine and if you're wondering what that means, Gary explains it much better than I can in an intro so I'll just let you hear his voice and discover what they're all about. I thought it was really fascinating. If you're interested in more of the science around music on mental health. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. Hi. Hi, Katarina. How are you? Thank you. How are you doing? Not too bad. I, I first heard about Medi Music when I was listening to the, a radio show. It was on uh, the Jeremy Vine show, I think, on BBC Radio 2. Yeah. Um, and I, That's correct, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I that immediately just pricked my ears up. Where did the idea come from? <laughs> okay, um, so um, I have worked in the music business, I've worked with labels and in management um, a long time ago, um, and I'm also a writer myself. Basically, my journey started about seven to eight years ago when I was working for a company called Omniphone, who were a wholesale distributor of streaming music, subsequently purchased by Apple, and... I was running um, Sony's Music Unlimited service across 14 territories from the phone, as well as um, Neil Young's Pono service. Worked with Intel Emphasis and a number of other companies, as well as organizations like the PRS. And I encountered uh, Professor Mark Sandler, who's um, now an advisor, scientific advisor to many music. Um, he is head of digital music at Queen Mary University London. And QMUL produced a, a series of plugins called VAMP, the AMP plugins that enable the sort of analysis of, of um, the digital DNA of a piece of music to extract features such as tempo and um, uh, timbre and things like that. Um, at the time, they weren't developed enough for me in terms of what I want to achieve, but I had an awareness of music and its benefits to health. And I thought if these progress further, then we might be able to, or I might be able to get somewhere where we could start mimicking the human brain's response to music. It's been a seven year journey, but we're, we're now doing that. Wow. Yeah, gosh, seven years. And thinking about what the climate we were in seven years ago, that would have been 2014. Um, how, yeah, gosh, in that time, what have you noticed? Um, I mean, apart from the obvious stuff, but what have you noticed in that journey that's changed? So the, so the, the main driver for, for, for it was really the fact that um, the relationship between dementia and music, I mean, music is the last part uh, uh, or the last thing that uh, someone with dementia forgets, it, it's the relationship with the hippocampus. Um, so there was an increasing amount of press on the benefits of, of music to dementia, which then led to more press on the benefits of music to other morbidities and, and its use in operating theatres and places like that to reduce stress and anxiety. Um, and obviously there's been a global increase in, in chronic pain um anxiety general stress general and um depression so it's it's kind of it, we followed that pattern really it's an unfortunate one but um we hope that you know with with um, a bit of luck and and some and a lot of very hard work that we'll be able to make a contribution and and, and maybe take some of that pain away for people in a, in a pleasurable way you know much more pleasurable much more beneficial way than simply popping a pill yeah yeah 
during that time, I have built a library of about 15,000 research papers, of which I've now read nearly 13,000. And uh, just, you know, started formulating the idea, wrote the algorithm, the initial algorithm for the playlist builder. Um, I've been speaking to various organizations, building relationships. I was doing consultancy work at the time. And then, you know, the, the, just before the advent of COVID, I thought, no, now's the time to do it. You know, there's a lot of a lot of press and PR about the, the value of music to dementia. And a friend of mine, her um, parents or her mother has dementia. And it saw, you know, what a horrible disease it was. But at the same time, what music could to do in terms of bringing together, not just the fam, not just the, not bring benefit, not just to uh, my, uh, my friend's mother, but also the benefit to the family, the immediate family. And indeed the relationship with her partner because they, because you know she'd lost the memory there was little for them to talk about but when the music was on they sang together and and you know it, it, it lit up his face because I know that he struggled with with um, her disease so yeah that that's kind of how it started really. You've mentioned dementia there and I'm imagining you the intention is for it to be used with a whole variety of different issues. Yeah, that's correct. So I mean anxiety, so effectively we're addressing anxiety and pain at the moment, but we can turn it around the other way to assist with motor move, motor movement and keeping moods constant and that kind of thing. But anxiety and pain is the, the obvious one at the moment because it was, if you can reduce heart rate and heart rate variability then what you're doing at the same time by, by relationship, you're, you're reducing cortisol, you're promoting dopamine, you're promoting immunoglobin A, you're promoting oxytocin, breathing smooths, cognitive function improves, heart rate, blood pressure goes down. So there's a whole whole uh, thread of benefits from, from dealing with that. And given you know what we've just come out or what we're still in with COVID, the, you know, the anxiety is, is, is more prevalent than it's ever been before. Um, and in fact, you know, chronic pain is also on, incre- on an increase as well. Um, so it, it just seemed to be the right thing. And use cases are anything from perioperative. So going into surgery, coming out of surgery through to um, uh, palliative care, um, dementia, all, all sorts of all, autism, all sorts of use cases. Well, what you know, what I liked when I was reading about it was this idea of social prescribing, so that it almost like instead of coming from a viewpoint of, I imagine what you're thinking is instead of a viewpoint of medication as a first line of tackling an issue, is that this can be used as an alternative um, in in and of itself, um, actually prescribing music. Yeah. Yeah. So it, the way the way it works um, is we fingerprint music. What we try and do is we try and mimic, or what we what we do do is mimic the human brain's response to music. So I'm sure you're aware the brain responds to music, or more parts of the brain in response to music are used in response to music than any other stimulus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, 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 we sort of mimic the various component parts how they respond. And and our artificial intelligence is actually sort of uh, designed to gauge um, the relationship between these parts and, and define what is the most effective um, attribute and, and, the, and the strongest of those that we can fingerprint the track with. Um, so that, that kind of happens over a period of time, but at the moment we're, we're, we're having success rates, we're seeing heart rate reductions of around 25%, which is statistically significant. Um, and yes, it's, 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 it's pleasing where we're going at the moment. Yeah. And how, how do you see it kind of rolling out long term or what's your vision with it in a way? 
Um, I think, you know, we're, we're about to open an, an office in the US. Um, we're on a funding round at the moment. And, you know, long term is, is to get it into the NHS a bit more. So we're, we're currently running trials with Lancashire um, Teaching Hospital NHS Foundation Trust. Um, a number of trials, there's a couple of trials going on there with a couple more planned. We're looking at dental anxiety with Sheffield University Trust. Um, we're talking with Leeds University Trust. And, and, and that's kind of just one element of it. Palliative care is another area. Um, uh, working with the kind of, I guess, the core focus at the moment is is to work with music therapists and see how we can extend their their offering and, and the services that they offer beyond the kind of time that they have with a on a one to one or a group session. So we're engaging Norlof Robbins and BAMT at the moment, and and hopefully the functions and features that we'll add will will bring benefit for them and their their clients. Yeah, well, that sounds incredible because I, I love the work that music therapists do and um, the thought that that's going to take more of a foothold because um, I, I, it seems that very few people are aware of music therapy and its power. Um, I think, I think. sorry, I was going to say, I think, you know, this that, that kind of brings me to one, one of our challenges, which we seem to be slowly getting over, is the fact that most... Obviously, music's prevalent, so it's available to everybody. Anybody can listen to it. Um, but at the same time, music is is kind of reviewed or, or, or um, regarded by most people as just art, when in fact it's a combination of six sciences, maths and physics, without which it wouldn't exist, exist um, sociology and psychology, neurology and physiology. And they're all it's a very complex relationship between music itself uh, and music and the human body and and if you understand that then you can get to the point at which you can fingerprint and we all we all respond to music in the same way irrespective of our own musical tastes so with a, a lullaby our heart rate will reduce cortisol production will reduce or with our uh with a, a more a tune that's more arousing then it, it goes the opposite way and that that's innate to all of us in fact it, you know many scientists review or regard music as as a natural language and where where can people find those studies? Because you mentioned reading literally thousands of them. Um, if people <coughs> are they accessible to the public? Um, yes. Yeah, so if you PubMed is a bio biophysics the, the main biophysics library. We 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 list uh, um, some of them on our website, which is uh, manymusic.co. Um, that's all .co, not .com or .co.uk. Just manymusic.co. There's a, a page called Insight, and we list some of them on there. And you know we try and list some facts and things, but PubMed is a good start. Cochrane is the the um, other library which um, kind of does systematic reviews of published studies and 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 sort of validates the data that are, uh, that they that similar studies contain. Mm. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that. Would so, be you know, is it, so I was going to say as an example of that, you know, with, if taking some of the, the reviews that we've looked at, music can reduce anxiety by you know claimed by forty three point five percent. The reduction in costs of um, anxiety drugs is 23.8%. So that, that's quite substantial when you think that, you know, the global cost of um, anxiety drugs is $15.85 billion. And then with pain, you know, the reduction in pain has been proven to be tw around 28.2% with a reduction in drug costs of 14.2%. Again, you know, a, a substantial figure when the global cost of analgesics is 56, $57 billion. Yeah. So as you say, in the kind of aftermath of COVID in particular, I can imagine that this would be a, a real godsend in a way because so many people right now, just in terms of, you know, 
um, ability to see a GP, bed space, the, the numbers of people with long COVID, that this could be something that could be used in that capacity? Yes, it could. I mean, it's as I said, music's proven to improve the immune system. Yeah. Um, and it's all, it's, all, it's all around relaxation, lowering heart rate, heart rate variability, cortisol, uh, and, and promoting uh, immunoglobin A. Um, so, and smoothing the digestive system as well. So there, there's, there's lots of benefits um, to listening to music. Uh, and if you can get to the point at which you can build a playlist that you know categorically will take someone's heart rate from A to B, and at the same time, you know, promote, reduce the heart rate considerably uh, with a guarantee and promote the production of, of you know, the, the good hormones for one of a better expression, then that's the point at which you're dispensing music as medicine. And I think, you know, our long-term vision is to get to that, the machine learning and, and uh, artificial intelligence back service that we have underpinning and behind everything, we'll be able to do that. It will start suggesting things. It will start, you know, bringing up trends and patterns and data and clusters that, that will enable us to take kind of the benefits of music or you know, how it affects the brain beyond the current sort of physical academic studies. Uh, and you, because you've mentioned there, um, you know, the al algorithms and um, you mentioned about it being sort of six sciences and you mentioned maths as well. And I'm aware that you've got, um, there's someone in your, um, one of the directors who's a, a mathematician and a physicist, is that correct? He is. Yeah, he's a mathematician. John, he's a math John Williamson, he's a mathematician, physicist and, a, and an excellent bass player as well. Um, <laughs> uh, he's a jazz bassist. So, you know, John's brilliant because he, he brings that, that whole perspective of, you know, how's a song constructed from a musician's point of view. And I think, as I said, when we when we started this, you know, I'm a songwriter, so our approach has really been not just an academic one, but it has involved some art in, in terms of saying, if we want to write a piece of music, and this happens in commercial sometimes, where um, you'll get you'll get commissioned to write a piece of music, and, and the instruction will be, well, it's, it needs to, it needs to be like this here in terms of mood, and they needs to pick up to this kind of mood at, at this point in in the commercial. You write, you can write music to do that. And if you understand what's involved in that process, then you can um, disassemble that and apply it to the, the kind of the kind of processes that we're trying to deploy at the moment. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. And you, and obviously, you've had a, a from what you're saying, a really strong um, previous background, and still to this day within the music industry itself, both kind of as a musician and within the industry and as a journalist it sounds like um so I'm kind of curious about your own sort of interest in music and passion for it if there's um you find there's a particular style of song or or um style of music that you experience having that kind of impact on you personally Good question. Um, yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's so my music taste is very eclectic. Um, I think that's the first, like most musicians, I guess. And, and interestingly, when you look at the um, you look at scientific studies and how music affects individuals, it affects uh, musicians in a much greater way than than non musicians. And I guess, yeah, to some extent, that's not no surprise. So I might listen to a piece of music and listen to, oh, I like that drum beat, or I like that keyboard riff or I like this, whereas most people just hear it as, as part of the tune. Um, so uh, how is it, oh, good question. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know really. I think I just like music, it's simple as that. It's, it's in my genes, you know, I've always have done since a very small child. 
Um, I come from a musical family. My mother's a great pianist. My brother's musical. Um, my grandfather could play something like 12 musical instruments proficiently. Um, so yeah, it's um, interesting. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Do you have a favorite instrument? Uh, <laughs> I play guitar badly and keyboards badly. Um, yeah, no, I mean, guitar, guitar is what I play. So, and I'm trying to teach myself piano. But in terms of instruments, I guess the one I'd like to learn to play is cello. Okay, yeah. Is there is there any reason for that personally that you would like to play that? I just like the cello. I just love. I just love the sound of it. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess that's just got me thinking about um, the playing of music and the different muscles that are getting used in those different instruments. So the the experience of playing a piano, how different that would be to playing a cello. Yep. I imagine that's all part of it as well. Um, I, yeah, I, I guess it would be. Yeah, I mean, you, you're using different parts of the body, so different muscles. You're going to be using different parts of the brain, um, so that would be part of it as well. And, and as I'm sure you're aware, you know, playing a musical instrument and that engagement with a musical instrument is 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 a, is a sort of established music therapy practice. Yeah, this is a really exciting. I mean, I hearing it, it fills me with excitement because it's just like it it feels like there's so much change on the horizon and the possibility and potential for it and how it can change the quality of life for people um, and make sense of what people talk about when they, they talk about the impact of music, actually making sense of it scientifically, I think is so interesting. Yeah. Um, and I guess, I'm thinking about the people listening to this podcast because a lot of them are professionals and music therapists too. Some of them are sciencey, and a lot of them are also simply music fans. And I was wondering for those people who are kind of just they love music, maybe they play music, but they're not necessarily in this in the profession as such, and they don't. Um, have a scientific background and are not therapists or have a connection with mental health, but they find that music impacts them and makes them happier or lifts them out of anxiety or depression. How might you describe to them why that's happening and how? Um, it's, it's to do with the, the um, autonomic nervous system and the fact that music causes um, a, a pleasure response within the human brain. Um, it, it's, as I said before, it's a natural language. Um, it's still a lot's unknown about why it does that and how it does that, but it's the, our response to it is innate. So, which is why it's viewed as a natural language. And it's a, it's, it's a biological thing as much as a psychological thing. Yeah, yeah biological as much as psychological. Yeah, so it's really mind and body that completely connected. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, fascinating. You know, because there's no similarity. I think the key thing with this is very little similarity between two songs, which is one of the things that, you know, you can hear, sometimes hear similarities, but from a technical perspective, from, from the point of how the brain analyzes it, there are very few two songs that are the same, if any at all. Um, you know, so I mean, if you look at, people have often said tempo is, tempo is key, but you could have the same drum beat, but with a hi-hat running in double time. And that causes uh, a completely different response to a hi-hat running in, in the correct tempo as well. You know, so if it's say it's 60 beats a minute, we're on the 120 beats a minute. Um, and then the level of the hi-hat in the mix and the tone of the hi-hat also would have a bearing as does the tone of the snare drum 
or the frequency range, the snare drum and the, and the bass drum, which all sit within pretty tight parameters anyway, but that overall timbre, that overall frequency um, will have a bearing. So it is, it's immensely complex. And this is the thing that machine learning and, and um, artificial intelligence can actually absolutely analyze and identify, whereas it would take years and years and years and tons and tons and of, of research to just address kind of one aspect uh, of that that relationship between the various components of the song um so it's in that sense it's very exciting mm. yeah it's making me think about the difference between recorded music and live music as well because again that's a different experience and what happens to the body when it's live or in a scenario where there's a concert and you've got a group of people there and how that that then changes everything again in the sense of community about it. Yeah, it does. Uh, and, and you've got to remember, obviously, recording music, it goes through effects and it's compressed and, you know, uh, put uh, compressed for radio and you get radio edits and things like that, whereas live, it's raw, it's... And it's the visual aspect of well, as well. Um, it's the kind of engage you feel closer to it when it's live than than on a on a um, just being played through a streaming device or off a CD or you know vinyl if you if you're playing vinyl. So yeah, am I right in thinking there's a playlist that you have or that you've curated? Medi Music has created to take people through a journey. I, I think I heard that on the radio show, but I might have might have been mistaken there. I, I did I did that for those. Uh, what you're referring to is the playlist I, we we ran for um, Jeremy Vine. So effectively, we accessed his. Um, Spotify account and and our algorithms built a playlist of five songs over 25 minutes, which is really the maximum period for any benefit. After that, you don't garner much more benefit. Um, so it drew it from his own preferences and created a playlist, which which pleasingly relaxed him. So um, as as he said on the radio. In that regard, I could play something on the podcast to kind of exemplify that. Potentially, I could provide a snippet to kind of get the listeners to sort of follow that journey of um, becoming relaxed as they're hearing snippets of music. What I'll do is I could reference three songs that you could play 30 seconds of, I guess, so you details of three songs, uh, which I'll, I'll pull from Jeremy's playlist, if you like. So it'll be the first, the middle and the last. That would be great. And you should hear it realistically your, your listeners should hear it I, I think that would be really interesting for people to experience in kind of in real time tonight's the night when I go to all the parties down my street I wash my hair and I kid myself I look real smooth Look over there, well, there, here comes Jeannie with her new boyfriend. So I to fill my sorrow with the words you borrow from the only place to Could be 
To, you know, we're looking to engage with people with roles interested in running trials. We've got a number of trials running, but I was interested to hear people's thoughts and, and whether they have any ideas. We're looking for funding at the moment. So um, we're on our next round, which will um, help us complete you know, the final journey in terms of the development based on the feedback data we've had from our current trials and, and uh, launch in the US and, and build quicker in the UK. So you know, those, those are the sort of um, targets we have at the moment. Those are our sort of objectives and tasks that we're trying to fulfill. Okay. How can, how can people get in contact with you? Um, it, it's either Gary at medimusic.co. So that's G-A-R-Y at medimusic.co. Or just there's a form on the website, medimusic.co. Um, contact us form um, and details on there for how to contact us. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Catherine. Have a great weekend. And you. Take, Take care. care. Bye. 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 When we could be diving for pearls. When we could be diving for pearls. Thank you, Gary, for that interview. I hope you all enjoyed that. Um, just to say, I'll be back soon, hopefully. And if you ever listen to Barrel House Radio, um, I should hopefully be returning there as a host soon. Um, for those of you who don't already know, um, Sound Effects Podcast was being streamed from there on Sundays at midday last year. Um, and I took a break from that whilst I was editing more episodes so I'm hoping to get that back up and running soon and and hopefully I'll have a more of a show that I can build in around music and mental health that I do live so um I'll keep you posted about that anyway but if you're interested in Barrel House Radio you can check them out on Twitter and Instagram and all the usual platforms um or barrelhouseradio.com in the meantime, of course, you can follow me at Sound Effects Pod on Twitter or leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or send me a tweet or email me at soundeffectspodcast at gmail.com. That's it from me today. Take care, everyone.